Welcome to day 116 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. We continue uh, not only our journey through the book of Judges, but uh, our journey with uh, Gideon as he faces the Midianites. And Gideon has been to this point a, a reluctant deliverer, and he will continue to be a reluctant deliverer. And yet God will bring about uh, an incredible you know, victory you know, through him. And, of course, we're not going to dive into the rest of the story of Gideon, but uh, it seems, you know, toward the end of his life that he has turned away and people are turned away, you know, through him. So the very object of weakness becomes an object of self-importance and even an object of worship. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, uh, you have uh, not just a turning to the bales, but you have a turning, you know, toward the heroes that God provides rather than a turning you know, to God himself. So we come to uh, chapter 7 where uh, God says your armies are, are way too big and Gideon's probably thinking, no, they're way too small. Uh, but God proves uh, to be right. Judges chapter 7. Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matt Kresge and Kitty Kresge. And uh, let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord as uh, we dig into the text. Matt, why don't you lead us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together in your word. We thank you um, for the riches that, that we discover, not not simply to to boast the, in, in our knowledge, but um, to be transformed and to enter into a more vibrant relationship with you. So, Father, we ask as as we read together um, that you would you would do exactly that. You would draw near to us and encourage us. Father, that we would see you and and your majesty and glory and and marvel. Father, turn our hearts towards you in this time. Uh, Give us a a spirit of understanding. Um, Help us to to not simply uh, hear your words but but not receive it, but instead, Father, help us to um, give us ears to hear and and eyes to see uh, the wonderful things in your word. Uh, that we may worship you. Father, we thank you for the grace we have in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Judges chapter 7, early in the morning, Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all his men camped uh, at the springs of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved us. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. The Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping uh, like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over their provisions and the trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below them in the valley. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up. Go down against the camp, because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura, and listen to what they are saying. Afterwards, you'll be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. 
the Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern people that settled into the valley thick as locusts, their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he said. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing three hundred men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had charged, uh, changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah, toward Zerah, as far as the water of Abel Mehalah, near Tabath. Israelites from Naphtali and Asherah and all of Manasseh called out, and then they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the whole country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they seized the waters of the Jordan as far as Beth Barah. They also captured two of the Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan. Really ironic that Oreb is killed on the rock of Oreb and uh, Zeb in the winepress of Zeb. Yeah, you kind of wonder if they named them those after they died there. Or? <laughs> Almost <What>? certainly. <laughs> an incredible, an incredible battle, and of course you see another sign, you know, that is given, you know, to Gideon. Uh, and, and of course, this is offered with kind of a caveat. If if you're afraid, mm-hmm. go down into the camp. Uh-huh. That really seems you know kind of counterintuitive <laughs> to me. If you're afraid, just walk right into the middle of them. Yeah. And, and of course, he hears this you know dream where you know a tent is wiped out by a loaf of bread. Barley bread. Uh, yeah, barley, <laughs> to be you precise. And from that, is deeply encouraged because that is none other than Gideon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's Gideon that puts the Lord to the test in chapter six, now it's the Lord putting Gideon to the test. Ah, oh, absolutely. Seven. There you go. You know, I, I just love that spoken with a true symmetry of a, a, a Baptist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so need more alliteration there. Yes, but uh, you have to love that you have too many men. It's not enough that you have Oreb and Zeb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands. You know, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. I mean, uh, gosh, that summarizes so much of of our own daily lives, right there. Well, you, you know, you have a picture, you know, about obviously, uh, you know, a bit of hyperbole that <laughs> you couldn't even count the camels. 
you know, much less, you know, yeah. counting them. You, it'd be easier just to go down, you know, to the Mediterranean Sea and count every little grain of sand, mm-hmm. you know, as to count and their the camels. The camels were what God said he would make uh, Israel yeah. get to be. And, and so he had 22 you know, he had thirty, you know, thirty thousand men, and said anybody who wants to go home can. Twenty-two thousand leave. There's you know ten thousand left. God says that's you know way too many. Take them down to the water to drink. And those who cup their hands and, and lap like dogs, and those who lay down and put their faces in the water. And uh, so he picks even the smallest of those two groups, and you have three hundred, you know, three hundred men left. And of course, the weapons that they have in the right hand and the left hand are. Uh, a pot and a trumpet. Mm-hmm. I always laugh though. Their battle cry is a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. You know, yeah, it's like what? sword. He didn't even use a sword. The, yeah, <laughs> that was part of the ploy. It was all a ploy. Yeah, I guess we've these are not trumpets; they're swords. You know, all throughout the kind of story of Gideon, you know, he's approached and he's the half tribe. He's the lowest in the tribe, and I think. God calls him, and then he has too many men, so he keeps dwindling it down, dwindling it down. And it's even what Matt was saying, you know, he isn't, God doesn't want them to, to boast against God and say, my own strength has saved me, which is like man, such a huge part to the story of Scripture, right? And even as the Apostle Paul, you know, in 1 Corinthians, he's, he's speaking to the Christians there and just reminding them, you know, that, you know, not many of you were wise by human standards, but, you know, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. He chose the weak to shame the strong, the lowly of the world, to despise the things, and even just a reminder. Therefore, as is written, you know, let the one who boasts, you know, boast in the Lord, which is where we all should boast, not in our achievements or in wow, three hundred people. We took all these men down. Well, God turned them on themselves, anyways. But you know, our, our boasting, three hundred, <laughs> yeah, our, our boasting all throughout Scripture. The, the call for our, our boasting is not to be in ourselves ever, but mm-hmm. in uh, in God, and it's even. The reminder there, you know, it's because of him that you're in Christ Jesus. Um, you know, so just all these reminders that our pride can get elevated so quickly, right? And mm-hmm. you know, the call of Scripture is always humility and, and boasting in what God or what Christ has accomplished. God God really used this story. Um, there was a time about five years ago, I guess, um, a little f- like four and a half, when we were in conversations about just... Um, whether I should step into the worship leader role um, here. And I, you know, we were praying about it and in conversations about it. And at around that time, I was, um, I came to this point in my scripture reading. And um, I really felt like the Lord used this story in particular to, to tell me that um, even though I didn't feel at all <laughs> at all like i had what it took to do this job um to in leading worship of at our church um that he he would use me um and that it would be his strength that's displayed and his ability in me and through me um and so i think in this story i'm just reminded of you know if there are times when we feel led to do something and we don't feel at all adequate to do it, um, that oftentimes the Lord is planning to display his own power and strength um, in us. And so I think it's um, it's a reminder for me to just um, to be okay with like going into uncomfortable, like things where I don't feel ready um, necessarily if the Lord is telling me to to go do it but because he's going to empower us. Um, 
that was big for me and it continues to be for sure. And of course, you know, the opposite would be true just as well that we uh, often walk into situations where we're completely confident, you know, in our own ability and our own power. And uh, we're just as far from the heart of who Christ is and who mm-hmm. the gospel is when we have uh, self-confidence and we walk into it and when we uh, lack confidence in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, on both on both ends, we're often you know, we're often challenged, mm-hmm. and so sometimes the opposite of this works out. We we go into something you know completely self sufficient, confident, yeah. and it falls down yeah, it around us, us <laughs> and uh, you know brings us you know to humility. Mm-hmm. For sure, and the Lord is so gracious with with Gideon. I mean, even we kind of laugh at the whole you know during the night the Lord said to Gideon, "Get up and go down to the camp." You know, if you're afraid to attack. And to think like, okay, Gideon's just going to have to march into the camp. But yet at the same time, it's almost like the Lord's like preemptively dealing with one of the tests that Gideon's going to do. You know, like, Lord, if this is, you know, your will, let me know. And just kind of graciously showing Gideon, yeah. like, I've, I've been working this out. I, I will be the one to accomplish this. If you need any assurance, I will be, I'm delighted to give that to you. Well, let's, you know, let's remember who, you know, Gideon was. He was... Uh, from the tribe of Manasseh, from one of the least families in Manasseh, and one of the least members of of that family, uh, even though he's you know gathered an impressive army, it's it's only thirty thousand people against people that uh, cannot be counted, uh, nor can their camels you know be counted, and they cover you know the valley below them like a you know a swarm of locusts, and uh, how incredible that they would even know his name, mm-hmm. much less have you know fear implanted in their heart and that you know and this is this is a work work of the lord you know that is absolutely uh, a sign of what he said i will go before you and of course mm-hmm. is also what he promised the people of israel in going to the land of canaan mm-hmm. uh you know that i will if you walk with me and honor my ways uh then i will you know i will go before you mm-hmm. and cause your enemies to have a fear for you and uh, so this happens yeah and it's exactly you know again uh, these chapters time and time again remind us that the Lord keeps his word and the the word the Lord's word can be trusted mm-hmm. because he tells Gideon if you have any you know kind of if you're afraid at all go down you'll be encouraged by what you hear there he yeah. goes down and sure enough he is encouraged by what he hears there he comes back you know when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation he bowed down and worshiped he returned to the camp of Israel and called out get up the Lord has given the many nights camp into our hands that the lord indeed will accomplish what he said he will accomplish his word proves trustworthy and even though he he, he can be trusted his methods also also often are unconventional in so so many ways and they they do call for a deeper level of you know confidence Mm -hmm. and um katie why don't you uh, close us with a word of prayer sounds good father thank you for your um graciousness in in choosing to use us um, to accomplish your your will and your purposes um, thank you for your sovereign hand that is um, you are, you are so powerful and so um, trustworthy and we see that in this passage thank you um, for using us like I like I just said but but displaying your power in us um, would we God would we not be fooled into thinking that this is our own power um but that it's yours and remember constantly coming back to humility and um remembrance of of who you are um god would you use us um 
in a similar way that you would humble us, that we would be completely dependent on you um, to accomplish what you have set out to accomplish. And um, would we get the opportunity to see the work that you do in this world, um, building your kingdom here, God, and, and restoring all that has been lost um, to the ravages of sin. God, thank you for who you are. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.